Family is everything. It's also the hardest thing. As a parent, it's our job to do our best and bring our best. But sometimes we need help. We want to add strength to your family, challenge you to grow, help when you get stuck, make you laugh, and encourage you to choose connection over the chaos. This is Coffee, Kids, and Crazy. Okay, well, welcome to Coffee, Kids, and Crazy. I'm Derek Johnson with the one and only... Uh, Brittany Serple. Brittany Serple. And Mm -hmm. we actually are super excited for this episode because we have an amazing, outstanding, world-class guest Mm -hmm. who Brittany knows quite well. Brittany, would you like to do the honors of introducing this fine person? Yeah, very, very well. Probably. Nearly. 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 (laughs) And that voice, folks, is my amazing husband... The one and only Ben Serple. I feel like there should be like some kind of cheering. Oh, yeah. That, that was, there is. That was in our answer. heads, there's a very large crowd. Well, hello, shouting, hello, hello. Shouting Ben everyone's right now. Everyone's excited. Benjamin to be James Serple. Yeah. Call me so, Ben. So I don't know if everyone knows this, but Ben and I just celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary, mm-hmm. which means we got married when we were seven. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Twelve. Yeah. We got married when we were 18 and 19, but we actually met when we were 14 and 15. So we were like babies. And what makes that story even more unique is the fact that Ben is not from the United States, and we still met at 14. Where are you from, honey? Australia. I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. But it's been a while, so you may hear the accent today. You may not. We'll see. It's confused. Just certain words, like if I say put another shrimp on the Barbie. The, the Bobby? I didn't know for the longest time that that was um, barbecue. I was just like, why did I put? I mean, I don't know where I heard the reference at first, but (laughs) I was like, what is that on a Barbie? Why? I mean, the truth is that you put shrimp on barbecues all over the world. Yeah, just for some reason they attributed that to Australia. It sounds better in the Australian (laughs) accent. That's why (laughs) it makes me hungrier for sure. In America, it's just why they put shrimp on a long-haired doll. My favorite is when I act like Ben's my show and tell. Though I'm like, honey, tell them what you call a trunk, a boot. A boot. Uh, what do you yes. call the hood of a car? A bonnet. Um, how this is do exciting. You, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> I don't ask um, too many. I might forget. It's been a while. I'm trying to think of what other fun things. Oh, how do you say water? Water. Mm, oh yeah. See, that sounds that sounds way cooler that than was water. Right. It's if, water. If there's any Australians listening, I, I do want to apologize if I <laughs> am not living up to your standards. Yes, of, I'm not uh, not really reaching the standard of true Aussie. <laughs> Just say I'm it, mostly Aussie. Say true Aussie uh, slang comment for us. Oh, I was about to say put a shrimp on the Barbie, but that's not. Yeah, that's I not, took it already. That's not, I, that's not, that's not, that's not even either. something they would um, say. Talk about going out somewhere or with your friends. You know, I used to always say, um, mate, I, I got this grass restaurant we should go to, but it's my shout. Whoa. Translation. Grouse, cool. Yeah. Not a bird. It's cool, or but it's it's its own word. It's not like an Australian uh, uh, accent of saying gross. No, it's no. grouse. Grouse or okay. like green grass is what yep. I used to hear. No, oh, grouse. Yeah. Grouse like grouse. the bird, but not the bird. Mm-hmm. And then my shout, which we, we should use this universally, I think. But my shout is like me saying, "Derek, I'm gonna take you out for coffee. I'm buying." It's ah, my shout. Ah, my shout. There it's on me. It's on me. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yep. How so, do I do? Great job. Good. You passed, honey. You passed with All flying right. colors. Uh, the other thing I remember is um, like this piece of paper on our table here, and I tell Derek, I'm going to pinch it. Mm-hmm. 
means I'm gonna take it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pinch it. I'm gonna it. like borrow it. Yeah. She's gonna pinch her car. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> pinch just it real fast. <laughs> <laughs> just don't understand. But and then everything's shortened. Afternoons, avo. Mm-hmm. Um, breakfast. So it's an efficient language. It is. We're gonna save it's some time. So. We're gonna get. We're gonna cut to the chase. Yep. We're gonna go out for lunch this avo. So we don't really <laughs> like use our our R's really. We just yeah. took R out of the yeah equation. So I like too that, um, and I, I think there's other parts in Europe that say boot and bonnet. Mm-hmm. But definitely just named after articles of clothes. Uh, on babies no, mostly. Yeah, on the babies. baby clothes. <laughs> the booties and the bonnet. Applied directly to the car. <laughs> Who knows why that was a thing, but it did happen. Small cars. Yes. Oh, I don't wow. know. Yes. All right. So in our podcast, I because I know you've been listening, is we have our three sections and segments. So the first one is coffee. Are you ready to engage with us on our coffee segment? I'm ready. Okay. I like coffee. So the question is, when was the last time you went to coffee, movies, or even a walk by yourself? Have you done that? Um, What are you normally thinking about when you do this? And would you recommend it to our listeners? Can I answer this two ways? I think you can even go three if you want. If you want a third way, uh, the floor is open. There is such freedom here. Yeah, It's a safe space. So I would say I tried going to movies once by myself. Mm Mm-hmm. If you've ever read the book um, Strengths Finder, mm-hmm. I did that test many years ago and found out one of my top five strengths is Includer. So with this great intention of trying out this whole thing of going to movies by myself, I saw a friend that earlier that day. And I said, reluctantly, it kind of fell out of my mouth, and I said, I'm going to the movies tonight. You, you want to go? <laughs> and I didn't do it. So yes. I haven't tried that yet. Yeah, really wanted to. But walking by myself, um, those kind of things I do do often. Do do, and uh, some I, people don't do, but you some, do do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I like catching myself. It just yeah, yeah. Yeah. so. Uh, <laughs> I would very much. These are um, dad jokes. That just yeah, happened. that's <laughs> we've got a lot of them. <laughs> There's two of us here. Keep We're outnumbered now. I am. I am. <laughs> I would highly recommend um, getting outside. By yourself. I love taking my dog. So uh, that still counts, right? She's not a human. Includer, that's what also really Yeah, I'm yeah, included. She doesn't talk back to you, yeah. so I guess that counts as quiet. But for me, we actually had this conversation last night with our kids just talking about getting outside. And, and really, one of the ways that God talks to us both is, is just through nature. And um, and it's, uh, I think it's one of, the, one of the best ways for me to clear my head is just getting outside and mm-hmm. walking around and just kind of feeling the air and, and the beauty. So... That's that's my shorter answer. Yeah, I I've often wondered if um, I kind of I think I have. I'm trying to remember now because usually when there's ever going to see a movie involved, someone ends up coming mm-hmm. in anyway. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure I've gone. I've definitely eaten alone at a restaurant. Done I've definitely seen a movie alone at a restaurant, and it feels weird. Did you just say did I just say a movie <laughs> alone at a restaurant? I heard myself. What kind of restaurant like, is this? <laughs> I was like, wow. It was uh, it was <laughs> clearly a dinner in a movie restaurant, and so I just two birds one stone. It was kind of awkward by myself. Um, yeah, TV. <laughs> I brought my TV today. But there's there's definitely five minutes of kind of this feels awkward, and everyone probably thinks that no one loves me, <laughs> and then and then opens for me anyway this beautiful like this is euphoria right now. I can watch this movie on the big screen, and I don't have to. No one's like talking to me halfway through, and I have those friends that if you go see a movie with them. Mm-hmm. They're just talking to you every time something exciting happens. I might be one of them. Yeah, it's fine. It's good, <laughs> right? It's, it's just 
you enhance the it's an extra it's soundtrack yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's it's good that's but true. um we always forgive you at the end yeah yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> but i know um for me recently my my little like outside alone time was we just had um a, a tree trimmed this very large tree at our house trimmed and they left all these rounds and so it mm. was like podcasts in the ears a hand truck just loading logs and hauling them to my backyard that's for like awesome. an hour and I came in and I was just a better dad. <laughs> like you Such wouldn't believe man. just so happy to be yeah. outside and mm-hmm. just doing some kind of manual labor because worship leaders, God knows we need some more manual labor in our lives. <laughs> and so, less V-necks maybe? Less V-necks, yeah. yes. That's a whole yeah. different podcast. That's a whole other <laughs> issue we are having a hard time fixing. But, I'm just you know. glad you brought it up. Yes. was great. <laughs> um, I think, like Ben said, uh, going on walks is probably most frequent frequently what I would do. I I don't know that I see movies by myself probably because I don't know. I don't know if I would love it because I would have no one to tell (laughs) my comment. (laughs) I couldn't tell you how amazing this part was. Just turn to an empty seat every couple minutes. Yeah, that might be, look really awkward. There's that lady talking to herself. (laughs) What's her name? Um, So I think going for a walk is usually where I've done that a lot i have goats which i've mentioned before um and that's probably where i've been a lot lately is i will try and sneak down there when the kids don't know where i am (laughs) it may sound bad but and i just have a little hammock chair and i swing and i laugh at the goats and i ponder great things me and the goats solve the world's problems <laughs> and it's great they have no opinions they're all just in complete agreement with whatever plan i come up with yes so my walks are more like just down to the backyard where the goats are and then i laugh at the chickens and i just think i'm so glad that god made goats and chickens just for my enjoyment oh yeah yeah i mean we have to have just have to have those moments to get outside and and think a little differently yeah. and have no phone that's always great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I did say I was listening to a podcast. So I mean, that's, you're not on it was, social media, right. so that's better. It was just protected. in my ears. So there was no there was no screen time. Yeah. So It's the sunsets. That's what I love to do with the goats is oh, watching yeah. the sunsets because you can see it really, really perfectly right and You there. guys do have an amazing view as well. We're just going to start coming over in yeah. the evenings <laughs> to watch the sunset at your house. I, I think so. Becky on the JC podcast caught, called my house the manor. That's yes. To yes. That's it. Well, it is. It has that. It has that vibe, yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, let's talk about the book "Keep Your Love On," which yes. is which is a phenomenal book. I've I've read it. Um, it has deeply affected my marriage. Just just the issue of um, connection, which is one of the big points that the book actually brings up. But I remember for my wife and I when we first got married. And we were trying to hash out all of our disagreements and problems. Mm-hmm. We were meeting with the, the our very own Banning Leapshire. Oh. And he would constantly say, Guys, it's about connection. And and I feel like he got that from someone. Yeah, so I think wise. someone told him that, you know. Maybe. Could Maybe could have been your dad. Mm. Might have wrote a book about it. But it was this idea that and I, I really needed that. Uh, framework to be just thrown in my face about a thousand times Mm -hmm. before I would realize that so many times um, in my own marriage, the goal actually wasn't connection. It was often agreement or I'm going to prove you wrong or whatever. So a lot of the tools that show up in this book actually help to teach us how, how to value connection correctly, how to put that out front of ourselves. And so we would absolutely want to encourage our listeners to get a book of keep your love on. I mean, if you, yes. unless you've been kind of stuck under a rock, 
We hope you've been rescued and you can now finally read this book because it, it is amazing and, and it's really transformative. But yeah. It is. And I think my favorite thing about Keep Your Love On are, because um, we used to do conferences, which were basically just unpacking the book and so many messages. Mm-hmm. And it was the testimonies of people that would come with divorce papers um, or they had them at home waiting to be signed and they would come to the conference a last ditch effort and they would get hope again yeah. um, or people that read the book and they both read it separately because they weren't living mm-hmm. together and um, they just got the breakthrough that they were needing and from there everything changed and people were either burning divorce papers or throwing them away mm-hmm. trashing them I mean and just choosing connection like you're saying so yeah. that's probably been the most fun that I've had with this book is watching those stories yeah. come in well, I, I've loved it. It's, it's funny because at some level, it almost sounds too good to be true. But literally, the, some of the simple tools that are detailed in, in that book specifically, um, even in my own marriage, it was like it, it allowed us to kind of slowly peel back some dysfunctional layers that we had yeah. gathered from right. our parents and other marriages and, and things that we've seen. And then all of a sudden emerges that there was that lovely bride, that girl that I first fell in love mm-hmm. with, who I deeply want to be connected to. And so um, there's a massive there's a massive resource in this book to to really highlight that that gold in that person, um, right. which is the reason why you probably hitched yourself to them in the first place. So it's true. Yeah. So again, if you don't have that book, you should get it. It will help you tremendously. It will. So we're going to jump into the kids portion. Um, So we've got a question here. And we brought Ben in strategically because he's got a little bit of experience um, with teens, being a youth pastor for years and years. I don't even know how many years you were doing that, honey. I lost count. I'm going to guess 12. I was having babies, so I got distracted. (laughs) Which is a little like, um, it's a little like dog years, where one (laughs) one year is seven. Yeah, when you're a youth pastor, 12 years. (laughs) So you pastored for what, 36 years? I have no gray hair. Yeah, yeah, you made it. Don't even talk to me about gray hair. (laughs) I got friends have been doing it for 20, Mm -hmm. so that's all right. All right, so Karen asks, we have one child who's currently homeschooled. She is a fabulous 13-year-old who swims competitively year-round on a team. Well done. Um, she attends a small church where there are only two other girls her age. We think our daughter needs a larger youth group as she gets older, but she is resistant to trying this. She is content where she is and does not have any older Christian teens in her life. Should we require her attending to attend a bigger youth group setting? She is, uh, definitely does not want to try new things. So basically summarizing the question, mom and dad feel it. Maybe she needs, um, more teens, more older, maybe more her, even her own age. Um, and this small church is, just has a few kids. And should they move her? Should they push for that? Should they keep her there? Because she seems happy. What would you say, oh, wise <laughs> Ben? Here we go. Well, that's a, that's a big question. And a, and a very real one, I'm sure, too, you know, um, in, in very different situations, different churches, different ministries. I mean, my my first few thoughts in response to that question would be, um, I would I would begin with a question for this this young girl. You know what what is her vision for her life? You know where does she see herself going? And she's thirteen, and it'll it'll be a challenging question to begin to ask. So so, so some coaching from the parents and kind of leading her through this little bit. But 
helping her to create a, a picture of a year down the road, two years, three years, five years down the road, how does she see her life going and, and what's her goal? And then from that place, I think helping her make, make some decisions and, and, and even her making decisions from that place of vision to what, what do I need to get there? And it's possible that this, this church is in may provide that for her. You know, I, I can answer that because I'm not there and I haven't met the youth pastor. I haven't met these girls she's with. Um, but if, if it's creating a spiritual environment that she's growing in, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's moving her towards a vision, then that's awesome. If, if it's actually stopping her from, from meeting that goal, though, and not moving towards a vision, then I would, I'd be asking some different questions and, mm. and really pushing her towards, you know, what, what's, what's stopping you from, from moving towards that vision? You know, is that really something you want or is convenience more important to you? Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, change for everybody is hard at right. 13 or 31, mm-hmm. you know, or 67. I mean, pick an age. Change is hard no matter where you're at in life. And it's it's going to be a re- really valuable lesson for her to learn as well, especially if if this is a a valuable change to make. You know, if, if, if moving to a new church is, is what she needs to to see that vision happen, you mm-hmm. know, to, to really begin to grow and, and get some momentum on her walk with the Lord and and that community piece that's so vital. Um, I think just her learning how to navigate change well in the context of, of safe people like like parents is just going to be so valuable. So should they require her? I don't know. That's 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 a big question to answer. Yeah. I think they should start with, first of all, um, you know, what 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 is this environment creating for her and what she's shooting for? So I mean that's that's the first first response. I mean, we can keep talking about it, but yeah. yeah. I mean, my thought was uh going along with what you're saying like what's the vision, you know, what's her goal um and if the parents like if this was our Delaney who's mm-hmm. 13 and she loves youth group which happens to be Becky, so this could get controversial mm. real fast. <laughs> um Don't tell us how she really <laughs> feels. <laughs> She's too heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> she does. Love, she loves you all. But if this is Delaney and she wasn't, um, she wasn't growing. She, you know, didn't feel like it. It was able to give her, you know, what 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 she needed. You know, because there is a line of I'm still the parent, and I have to navigate. Um, you know, what, do I believe that you're capable as leaders to give her what she needs? Do I believe that you have a clear roadmap to do that? Um, or is this just a social group that you're hanging out with? Mm-hmm. So I would be assessing that as the parent. Like, do I feel like this is something that um, is giving life to my child in a spiritual level or just a social level? And so then you could approach it with a choice because your 13-year-old is going to crave control. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's probably part of the resistance is that they they feel like they're old enough to make an educated decision um, and they want to be powerful. So I would even... Um, you know, if you feel like you need to move, or I would approach it like, all right, so you're more than able to stay at your current youth group. We love that you love it, um, but we need to see you growing in some areas. So how would you like to do that? Do you want to um, do a Bible study with mom and dad on this night? Um, do you want to look at finding another youth group to go another night of the week? Um, giving her some powerful options so that she gets to choose mm-hmm. how she's going to pursue and nurture and take care of this spiritual growth part at the same time 
as giving her power to stay somewhere that she's enjoying and she is getting some kind of life from. So that would be like kind of my take too Mm -hmm. on, you know, this parent that sounds like she might be a little bit scared in Mm -hmm. her kids not getting what they need. But, um, but those are my thoughts to what I think we probably would do if it was Delaney, which it's not. We love Becky and Jonathan. (laughs) They're great. She loves them. But what, I mean, you're helping Becky and you, you know, you've been in this world. So what do you, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is I can relate to, um, sounds like the feeling that this teenage girl is having. I actually didn't really like, um, jumping into brand new settings when I was a teenager. Right. Although as an adult, it's kind of the opposite. But as a teenager, it was, it was always kind of uncomfortable. The idea of meeting new people. Um, and one of the biggest areas that my parents and I would actually fight about and have some disconnection over was trying to make me go to church. And if for no other reason than just to be a teenager and feel powerful, I'd push back against it as hard as I could. And so do those sorts of things. But I would even say, you know, um, so number one is, is do, do your best to protect your connection. I don't know that it's worth Mm -hmm. blowing that up over, um, trying to move this ball forward in, in one sense, but maybe the other side of it too is, um, you know, incentivizing going to this other youth group. If there's one that you have in mind, like, hey, if you'll just try that out on Wednesday, we'll go see this new movie you wanted to see, or mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take you out to your favorite restaurant. Something that instead of her um, feeling like you're controlling her, making her choice for her, it's a, I just, I just want to help kind of nudge you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And then maybe she'll show up at that new youth group, make a friend night one, and yeah. now she's in. Yeah. Um, but you know, trying to, that's the challenge is trying to do that and navigate it as harmoniously as possible, but it it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think just to, just to echo what Derek's saying is, is that, that trust that's built between the parent and the child, um, the, the stronger and deeper that is, the, the more they have to pull on with these hard decisions, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so when I push a little bit for, for, for your health, for your growth, in those moments, we have enough trust to, to weather the storm, so to say, yeah, right. you know, and, and so I think even, um, yeah, just to, just to echo what you're saying, even starting there, first of all, like, Hey, just, just assessing how, how is that connection right now? How mm-hmm. are we doing? Um, cause it's, it's just from a youth pastor perspective, it's, it's so funny how often parents will say something for 10 years to a child, you know, um, mm-hmm. read your Bible, for instance, <laughs> yeah. you uh-huh. know, read your Bible yeah. for 10 years, they'll say it. That one night on Wednesday night, I'll come home and say, the youth pastor said, read the Bible. And I've read like 17 chapters already. Yeah. The parent says, I've been telling you for 10 years. You yeah. know? And, yeah. uh, but it's just this, that the parents are sowing seeds and sowing seeds and sowing seeds. And they don't always get to reap it. But yeah, that's great. They, they get to experience the, the ultimate goal, mm-hmm. which was the seeds you sowed yeah. are now being, being reaped. Yeah. And maybe you weren't there in that pivotal moment. But your hard work is paying off. And so I, yeah. I think just those two things of building trust and connection and then really really even even challenging your child in a, yeah. in a healthy way. Well, that's the funny thing because even for me in hindsight, I would look back at that effort my parents were making and, and think, oh, that was actually so valuable. Yeah. Even though I couldn't really hear it yeah. at the time, I look back and was like, oh, man, they, they were really trying to do what was right for me. But. No, but we never see it in the we moment. We don't see it in the moment. It's <laughs> so hard. The youth yeah. pastor's right, and you're wrong. Yes. I do think my mother 
to this day for the, all the things she did and all the effort she gave. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry I never said thank you, Mom. Thank you, yes. parents. <laughs> so if you haven't told your parents thank you, Tell this them. is just us reminding you to text your mom and dad thank you. <laughs> That's right. And, and Karen, on behalf of your daughter, we're just saying thank you right now That's for, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for loving Good her job. so well. Good you job. Do. You love her massively. So, Derek, I have a funny question. Yes. Um, what is your favorite album that you're on out of all the JC ones and your own? What's your favorite Ooh, one? That is a great question. Um, and my why? My favorite one. Okay, so one of one of my really favorite moments um, was when I recorded my song, I Belong to You, on our New York album. Mm-hmm. And kind of a funny story that most people wouldn't know was that that was never part of the plan for oh. that album. I was there leading at the conference, but we were never going to record that song. Um, I had it on another project at the time, but kind of it in, uh, we were walking out to do a set and okay. right before we head out, one of the guys said, I, I think we need to get a cut of this. We should record this. Oh. And, uh, the drummer had never heard the song. It was Perfect. Josh Fisher. He'd well, never he heard it before, Experienced though. but he, he's, he's okay. Mm-hmm. He knows, he knows what he's doing. That's good. And so we went out there and actually there was this really incredible, um, moment of worship that happened wow. with that song. We captured it and it ended up on that album as like a bonus track. Um, but it was so amazing. I think one, just because of the Lord's ability to yes. surprise us and mm-hmm. kind of throw these curve balls in, um, and having to navigate being prepared and, and not freak out that we yeah. were getting ready to record something. <laughs> Um, yeah. So that was a that was a really special moment, and I, I've actually always loved that album for a lot of reasons. But that was one that was really okay. unique. So that was our live from New York album, and um, and then I think our newest one, "Living mm-hmm. with a Fire," yep. has actually been just one of my absolute favorites to be part of. Um, for us to record it here at home mm-hmm. with with the home yeah, church with the congregation, and um, and to feel like these songs weren't only our songs, but that they really kind of were built. Um, here in the church and to get to release them that way. So those two have been incredibly awesome, amazing to be a part of. And, um, and I love our live albums. It's just hard to, we talked about that before. It's it's fun because you kind of feel the momentum behind it. Like in the room, you're there. I've never recorded anything like, you know, live in studio yet. I know. Remember what Brittany doesn't (laughs) sing ever in our podcast. We have have dreams, Brittany. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I speak at a live audience and we obviously record these, but I don't know. Maybe it's the same kind of feeling because I've had breakdowns and tears because I'm having a hard time recording something, but that never yes. happens necessarily live. I yeah. usually hold it together a little bit better. There is, there's, there, there is like kind a of a, there's a, there's a, there's a pressure and a grace to kind of do it. Cause you realize like, well, there is no other option. We kind of have to do <laughs> the this show right must now. Go on. It must happen right yeah, now. Pretty much. Um, but it, it does. It's almost kind of like, it always reminds me of the idea of the friction creates the pearl. It's like when mm. we get in those settings yeah. and all the pressure's on and we, we know we're going to record, but there's also kind of a letting go that happens in those moments. Where yeah. We're like, well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Sure. We're just going to lean in and, and do what we do and, and try to lead from the heart. And, um, that's and fun. usually makes some pretty amazing moments. So I yes. have a saying when I speak, um, worst case scenario, it's awful. Right. And, yeah. and usually it's always great after that. Yeah. I've, I've played out how this looks when it's a total catastrophe and, and I'm still alive in the end and yeah. it'll be okay. So, I mean, that's always my, I'm like, if I'm really nervous, I just tell myself worst case scenario, you are awful <laughs> and they never invite you back. Yes. And that's the, that's the worst that could happen. 
But again, I, I and usually I hit a little bit higher than that uh, worst yeah. case. So that's good. Which is great. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I played out the Calamity version and I, I did a couple steps higher. Yeah. So I feel good. I'm yeah, feeling encouraged. Good. That's so good. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking of Calamity and, mm. and crazy, it's a perfect segue into wow. our, into so our crazy section. Wow of the podcast. Um, and this, this really is where we're, we're talking about just the reality of life. Some of the, some of the challenges that we navigate and, mm-hmm. and some of the ways that we find, um, a solution through the weeds of, of life and some of the challenges. Yeah. So Ben, since we have you here and you just look so good over there, well, thank you. I'm going <laughs> to throw this question at you, but we were talking about the idea of, um, what's the hardest thing to manage as, as a family in ministry. There's lots of demands and pressures that come with ministry. And so, what have been some of the hardest things to manage? And, yeah. and then what have you done um, to make awesome choices and, and navigate that as a father, as a husband, to kind of see your way out of it and have some victory in that area? Yeah, I mean, there's a few different directions I, I'm thinking about. Um, one I talked about yesterday, so it's kind of fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. I was telling a, a coworker about this, and, and I think I, I learned this in ministry. But it's just, just the idea of, you know, you, you work with work through situations with people, and it's hard, and you hear hard things, and it's 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 oftentimes heartbreaking. And then you have to go home. And I think for me, early on, I wasn't very good at going home and not bringing it with me. Yeah. You know, so I go home, and I'm kind of carrying just the stuff of the day, and so that would get on my wife and my my young child back then. And I I married a woman who helped me with boundaries. I wasn't very really good at. I don't know that I was always so good at it in the beginning. Well, we, we figured it out together, yeah. but you yeah. you faked it better than I did. Mm. <laughs> so I think one of the things that I, I really would attribute to Brittany in, in helping me learn was, was boundaries, mm. which which really helped me feel successful in ministry in that, um, you know, ministry is a bit of a different animal because, you know, you are, you are responding to things sometimes, and, and it's not always just nine to five. That there, There's often events, and there's different needs, and... yeah. But when Lots of evenings, yeah. But when applicable, I think learning how to set a clear boundary is is really helpful. And mixed with that, um, setting a boundary with yourself that I'm I'm not going to bring this stuff home. I'm I'm turning off at work and I'm going home as yeah. I'm I'm dad and husband right now. I'm I'm not pastor Ben. I'm not whatever the title or, or position yeah. is. Yeah, that's um, so good. And it just it just feels so important and so vital that that I don't bring that stuff home because they they, my family at home, need the best version of me. And even, you know, I, we would have conversations about I'd come home and she'd feel like Brittany would communicate. She feels like she's getting the scraps, so to say. You know, mm-hmm. what's what's left of Ben from a hard day? And So I had to figure out, you know, where's my reserves? How do I stay yeah. stay alive? How do I stay healthy so I can be great at work and be amazing at home as well? Yeah. So I think um, – all that stuff, you know. A, a, a quick story that really taught me this is early on in ministry, we had a a young youth guy, youth oh, teen, that's right. who would um, he just loved to tell me often the same thing over and over and over again. So he every time he'd call, life. he had a hard life. Yeah, but you know he would tell me the same story every time. So we would meet on Wednesday nights, and he'd tell me the story, and we'd meet on the phone, and he'd tell me the same story, and <laughs> I, I still love him. But this is this is what happened. So. I was learning, and I would sit there and listen. I'm a great listener, so I would listen yeah. and again and again. And so I uh, this this one time, he's he called me about ten o'clock, and then he did it again the next day. And he just over and over again. I kept getting these phone calls after eight o'clock. And Brittany looked at me and she said, "How about 
from now on, <laughs> we didn't answer the. I have an idea. <laughs> we didn't answer the phone after eight o'clock. Okay, that's a good idea. I didn't think of that. Yeah. You know, like actually setting a boundary with this guy. Right. So, yeah. I finally kind of got the courage and said, "Hey, man, um, my phone is turned off now at eight o'clock. So I'd love to talk with you if you need some help." And now I'd probably say five o'clock because I have kids. And, yeah. But, you know, we were. Eight was very generous. Eight was generous. That was generous. We were, we were newly married. Yeah. Uh-huh. In a yeah. little apartment. So yeah, yeah. we had plenty of time because we didn't sleep, didn't go to bed early then, but we're older now. So <laughs> we, uh, I said eight o'clock. So he'd call me at 7.55 and I'd say, hey, man, how you doing? I got five minutes. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a simple story, but the, the lesson was profound. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, it's such a massive deal. I, um, we've had to navigate that in all sorts of areas, but especially with Becky being a youth pastor, it's it's the same thing. Where there there is there's always a constant pool. So if you don't set boundaries, it'll just it's always there. I think it's your house. I Their think house, it's yeah. House, oh yeah. House. People always have problems, and it's difficult because yeah. you want to help people. I mean, that's part of why we have a heart for people. Totally. So it, it makes it a challenge. But um, yeah, I I would say for for me, one of the challenges has been um, just navigating travel. Like the idea of, of going away from the kids. And, and luckily for my dynamic, um, I, I am home with my kids throughout the week, so I have a ton of connect time there. Mm. Um, but usually the challenge for us in that in that part of our ministry life has probably been more of something that we navigate as a couple, mm. trying to yeah. figure out that dynamic where um, where we're so kind of we're trading roles, yeah. we're swapping off and on. And so trying to navigate... Um, those responsibilities. But I would say for us, the lifesaver has really just been, um, honest communication in those moments, just communicating the things that we need, the things that are, um, going off the rails and just being committed to the process of, okay, how, how can we make adjustments? How can we do this better? How can we plan better? Mm -hmm. Um, and again, back to the boundaries thing, a lot of it actually revolved around how can we set proper boundaries? Maybe I was traveling all week long, so we're going to come home and and for the next like three nights at five o'clock, it's family, and right. we just have to plug in and um, and setting up those That's boundaries good. and those standards have have been really massive for us. Yeah, so totally relate to that. Yeah, awesome. yeah. I mean, I was a kid in ministry. That was mm-hmm. my upbringing. <laughs> so, I think that on the same theme, boundaries were. Um, and honestly, this isn't just families and ministries. It's just yeah. busy families. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people that travel, people that have. Maybe lots of kids and lots of different, you know, activities. High, high pressure jobs. Yeah. yeah, stuff like this. So it's it's not really all of these tips are not limited to no. just ministry for sure. But um, I remember my dad having to figure out how to set ha- healthy boundaries because that's usually where um, we lost him when he first became a pastor. Was he just couldn't figure out how to say no? And mm. I'm going to confess right now, so you have to forgive me. In my young years of my childhood, um, this is what I did with my dad not handling boundaries very well. I pretty much resented all the people that were always taking his time. Mm -hmm. So as a child whose father was being followed around in the grocery store and then followed back to the house while he's unloading groceries, still talking about their marriage, that they're just distraught over and I get the pain and I being older now I think maybe that wasn't the most mature thing to do Brittany but I would um I had a fish tank and I had a fish tank full of scum sucking fish and they were all named after people is it is the official oh, name yes. scums I don't know okay. but that's like just, a bottom feeder yes those yeah. ones yeah. oh 
please forgive me, yeah. all you people. Um, Do you want to share some of those no, names now? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Just that, yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Perfect. That's a good idea. That's one of the boundaries yeah. there. Mm-hmm. That's the boundary, mm-hmm. yeah. That's but, good. So just to say, like, that was my, like, I, I didn't resent my dad as much as I started resenting the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good point, Which, though. you know, that's part of, you know, me learning and my dad learning, like, oh, this is impacting my kid in a different way than I want yeah. to teach her. Yeah. yeah. So, again, that's Brittany's confession right there. You have to forgive me. Um, I, I, I don't know what happened to my fish tank. I'm sure I gave it away, and they lived a long life. In <laughs> Jesus' name, I bless you all. Yes. But, um, you know, so that was my boundaries was a big thing as yeah. a kid. And once my dad figured that part out, it definitely changed so much in our home and my parents' marriage, like you were saying before, just yeah. um, that dynamic. So I think, which is perfect because we talked about keep your love on earlier. So if you're struggling in this area, keep your love on would be another really great resource for you because yeah. of those boundaries um, and such a good vital thing for sure. So, but yeah, this was a fun podcast. We talked about some good stuff and Ben was here. Thanks so much. I love when you come to visit me. Thanks for acknowledging my Australian ship. I'm yeah, we learned. We learned some things yeah. about the bonnets and the boots of the world. And, and we did. Yeah. You know? That's the good. Australian baby talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this has been an honor. I, I've heard many things about this great podcast. So to be here is my privilege. Mm. Well, you know, you always love being close to me. So. This is true. But, well, again, thanks, everyone, for listening. We've had a lot of fun, and we hope you have a blessed rest of your day, week, month, whatever it is that you're headed into. Mm -hmm. Um, So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard and want more resources, make sure you check out the lovingonpurpose.com website along with jesusculture.com.